This Water News with Steve Baker is supported by Clearwater and Filtration on Rough and Ready Highway, Grass Valley. Well, welcome to KVMR, Steve. Hey, glad to be here. Steve, it's interesting how you can have a disaster in one area, and it can actually be something that helps out in another area. Yeah, that's true. Um, It's kind of unpredictable. Uh, Give us some examples of that. Well, let me give you an example that we can all relate to somewhat. Uh, Remember the 2017 Tubbs fire and then uh, the 2018, going back further, the Camp fire? That sort of started this discussion about water quality and wildfires, okay? Uh, After Santa Cruz lit up this year, 2020, even more study was was kicked in, and they were sampling uh, the water supplies even more heavily. And what they found is that benzene, of all things, now benzene you can find in plastic pipe, you find it in gasoline and that sort of thing. They're finding benzene in these drinking water, in, in, in their drinking water, whether it be city water or otherwise. And uh, just for those who aren't familiar with, with this uh, chemical, again, it's found in gasoline and plastics and other things. It's a carcinogen at really low concentrations, one part per billion, okay? So imagine a drop of water in an Olympic-sized swimming pool. That's the concentration. Okay, it's a teeny concentration, and it's carcinogenic. Well, uh, these new studies are looking at, uh, looking at heated plastic pipes, water pipes, and how that might potentially cause uh, chemicals like this to get into our water supply. And what they've concluded is that wildfires can trigger some widespread contamination of this sort. It's, it's going to be more commonplace as we uh, experience these things more often. And it would, it's very easy for a fire in one part of a building to cause water quality issues in another part of the building or in other buildings within the complex and so forth. Once the benzene is released in the system, it's going to be distributed throughout the entire uh, supply in in that in that particular uh, system, so uh, and and then the downside is we're not just talking about benzene. Okay, we're talking about possibly a hundred other chemicals that potentially can leak from damaged plastics. So that means then potentially, if uh, let's just say in the in in the Paradise Fire, uh, many people were dependent on their wells. I do believe in yeah. some of the areas, and if their house burned down. And they build a new house. Does that mean the well water just may not be good if they had a lot of plastic pipes melting? Yeah, and it's not just looking at their own properties. It's looking at those around them at, a, at somewhat of a distance as well. Yeah. If, if uh, that water ends up migrating or tra- being transported in the groundwater aquifer to their property and then they extract it because they have a well on their property, then, yeah, they're going to experience that. So for those types of places that experience wildfires— and they're 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 rehabilitating their wells, or restoring and bringing them back. They're probably going to want to put uh, uh, point of use uh, cleanup measures, you know, water quality uh, devices, so that they remove those benzenes. Well, what are the problems with with plastic anyway? Well, they're common. Plastic pipe is is cheaper to install than metal pipe, and so I mean, look at all of us. We have. We have piping in our home walls. We have piping, you know, underneath the floors we stand on. We have it in the uh, the meat from the meters to to our buildings, you know, outside, buried, just not too far from underneath the ground. Of course, it's in our wells, our our wells, and then uh, there's water storage. A lot of properties have tanks, above ground tanks, below ground tanks, some of which are 
plastic. And then we have, look at all the appliances that we have in our homes. Uh, there are plastic components in the faucet, you know, in water heater dip tubes, uh, in the refrigerator, in the ice maker, you know, the tubing, and, and a lot of other things. So it's, plastic is really common in our systems. And if you look at the temperatures at which plastics can get damaged, those temperatures can be as low as 392 degrees Fahrenheit, okay? Water boils at 212, not too much more, 392. That's when you start damaging your pipe. Well, guess how hot these fires are? They're sometimes 1,400 degrees Fahrenheit. So there's a real potential to cause problems. So scientists are right now testing PVC piping. They're looking at the chlorinated PVCs as well. They're looking at the poly pipe, both uh, the, nor the the basic poly pipe, but also the high-density pipe. And... Uh, and they're finding that it is, in fact, an issue. And, you know, you can't boil the water that's coming out of these pipes and, and kind of treat it that way because what you've done is you've released the benzene now into your breathing zone. So instead of uh, drinking it, consuming it, which is a problem, you are inhaling it, which is actually even a, a greater problem. We don't want to be doing that. So uh, and then and then again, you can't rinse the pipes either. That's not the quick fix. It just doesn't work. It would take over 100 days, they say of nonstop water rinsing to make that pipe safe again. So that's not really uh, a way to go either. It's, it's a problem. Well, what can be done about this? Isolate the damaged pipes as soon as possible. Do not wait. Once, once this happens, the fire's over, you're, you're uh, restoring your property, uh, identify all those pipes and get rid of them, cl you know, close them down it's, uh, and abandon those pipes. And if the well that you have on your property has been half melted, the surface casing has been melted, then uh, you're going to want to abandon that well and redrill another one. So, uh, or put in a new, a new uh, sanitary seal. Uh, it's got to all be new stuff. And you may uh, just expect, have an expectation that there will be some of these chemicals in the aquifer itself uh, because not everybody's going to react very quickly and everybody's a source of... Uh, moving contamination deep into the ground, into the aquifer. So that can happen. And, and of course, once you've isolated the damaged pipes, you need to replace them. And you need to replace them with things that are in healthy shape. So uh, that's what I would suggest. Another proactive step would be to make sure you don't have vegetation growing near the valves and the meter boxes or near your buildings, you know, your homes. Because uh, that's just saying, hey, come on, fire, you know, why don't you burn right here, you know, where, <laughs> where you're going to hurt me the most. So those are things, some things that you can do. Well, uh, let's just kind of lighten things up a little bit. It's <laughs> Christmas like time. What are some water ideas oh, for Christmas? Yes. Oh, oh, all right. We're still, probably some of us are still shopping, right? Well, I had this idea. Let's do kind of a 12 days of Christmas shopping thing. Yeah, I know we only have a couple days left, but anyhow, I'll give you some ideas out there as to what you might buy that's water-related. Starting on the first day of Christmas, how about a kitchen strainer? I mean, one thing you can <laughs> I can say is I've been trying to fix clogged pipes up lately, and uh, if I had only uh, had in place one of those kitchen strainers, that sure would have helped me out in a lot, of, a lot of ways. Okay, day two, second day of Christmas, usable water bottles. This saves something like 1500 glasses of tap water for every new plastic bottle all right so it's well worth it just reuse these plastic bottles that you have the ones that are safe and then of course we've also heard uh, for day three christmas uh, day three reusable straws 
they have metal straws these days we can use. Don't buy the plastic ones. Uh, we've all heard about the uh, downside of, of these plastic straws. There's no need to, to use them anymore. Fourth day of Christmas, no more microbead-free products, okay? So all the ladies out there, if you're, if you're uh, you know, using these face scrubs and these, these different things, uh, 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 don't use them. <laughs> buy, buy some alternative supplies. It's in toothpaste. Don't buy those toothpaste anymore. And it's even in soaps. And, and of course, the idea behind microbeads is it creates an abrasive material within what you're using, and it, it helps you clean more. But there are other ways to cleanse more. And so, uh, so don't use, uh, try, try to buy more um, non-microbead-free products. Fifth day of Christmas, compost bins. A lot fewer flushes. There are benefits to that. So, so get a compost bin. Bathroom trash can. Believe it or not, you know, we're supposed to only uh, send down a toity, the three Ps, right? Including some toilet paper. That uh, People do more than just that. And that does create problems within our septic systems, within our the leach fields and so forth. So do, don't do that. Get a trash can in the bathroom. There's another small practical gift. Uh, medication disposal packages. Don't flush your, your unused meds down the toilet. Okay, dispose of it uh, the other way. And, uh, and then, uh, you know, the list goes on. But, but really, uh, the last one I would say on, on the 12th day of Christmas would be get a shower head. That is really cozy, comfortable. You'll love those showers, and it only uses one gallon a minute, okay? And if you don't know where to find something like that, go experience it by going to Las Vegas. I mean, maybe you're not going to be there for the shows and the gambling and all that stuff, but uh, go for the shower because <laughs> it's a requirement over there. And, uh, boy, those shower heads are really, really, really nice. So, Paul, I want to say Merry Christmas to you. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Solstice to, to you and really everyone else listening here on KVMR. Always Love coming down here and talking with you every week on. Managing groundwater is Steve Baker's career and passion, and that has led him into working on all water sources and supplies. This has been another conversation with KVMR's water guy, Steve Baker. You can email him with your questions at stevebaker at operationunite.co. Managing groundwater is Steve Baker's career and passion, and that has led him into working on all water sources and supplies. This has been another conversation with KBMR's water guy, Steve Baker. You can email him with your questions at stevebaker at operationunite.co.